Welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Chris Brown. For more information on our church, visit c3church.narara.net. If you have a Bible, I want you to open it to 2 Chronicles chapter 20, or you can follow, hopefully we'll have some scriptures up on the screens. We're doing a series, we're continuing today on people from the Old Testament. And, uh, you know, you read through the Bible, and particularly in the Old Testament, you get these mini biographies, and it's very cool. You get little summaries and snapshots of someone's life that we can learn from, and we can apply the principles we learned to our own lives. And we're looking at King Jehoshaphat. Now, um, just before we read this passage, uh, there's, well, there's some good news and bad news. What do you want first? We get the bad news out of the way. All right, the bad news is that he made some really bad decisions. Uh, He was far from perfect. He made some alliances. Oh, you can have a seat. God bless you. I thought I sounded better than normal. I thought, how lyrical do I sound? Yes. Um, Thank you, brother. So... um, yeah, he, uh, you know, there were two kingdoms Israel split into two. Most of the tribes were up north known as the kingdom of Israel and then tribes of Judah and Benjamin were known as the kingdom of Judah. So Jehoshaphat became king of Judah, but he made alliances with the evil kings. They were very few, if any, kings in Israel, the northern part, that ever really followed the Lord. They were quite backslidden and sinful and Ahab was one of them and uh, Jehoshaphat, makes an alliance with him and he gets rebuked from a prophet Jehu for it um, but then he goes ahead and allows his son to marry King Ahab's uh, sister or, or daughter I can't remember but um, I think it's Ahab's sister and, uh, and his son Jehoram uh, doesn't go so well because when he becomes king uh, it says uh, his record basically says that he did evil in the sight of God uh, so he didn't go down so well. And then Jehoshaphat goes and makes another alliance with Ahab's successor, King Hazariah, and they put a navy together, which was a complete disaster. Um, so he's not perfect. We've got the bad news out of the way. The good news is he did, in spite of his flaws, mistakes, okay, let's call it for what it is, his sins, uh, he did follow the Lord and uh, he set up men of God in the nation to judge over the people. He called the nation to worship. He, he was known as a good king who was committed to God. And that commitment led to a famous, miraculous deliverance for the nation from a vast invading army that we'll read about and here's the passage we've got quite a bit to read um, and we'll stop as we go through at different points so second chronicles chapter 20 verse 1 uh, it says uh, the armies of the moabites ammonites and some of the Meonites declared war on jehoshaphat messages came and told jehoshaphat a vast army from edom is marching against you from beyond the dead sea they're already at hazazon tamar this was another name for En Gedi. That really helps us, doesn't it, since we don't know either name anyway. Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and begged the Lord for, I better look down here, guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. 
So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord. He prayed, O Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. Oh, our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people, your people Israel arrived? Did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. They said, whenever we are faced with any calamity, such as war, plague or famine, we can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us and you will hear us and rescue us. And now see what the armies of Ammon, Moab and Mount Seir are doing. You would not let our ancestors invade those nations when Israel left Egypt. So they went around and they did not destroy them, invade them. Now see how they reward us. For they've come to throw us out of your land, which you gave us as an inheritance. So our God, will you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. Let's just stop there for a moment. Now, it starts with Jehoshaphat and all the people being suitably terrified. There's nothing wrong with being afraid of something as long as we know what we do with our fear. And he does the right thing because he goes to God and he cries out to the Lord. And of course, he starts by reminding God of his promises, of the purposes that he had for Israel and how he had seen the promises fulfilled and they had seen it. But he also accepts and admits his weakness. Don't you love this statement? God, we do not know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. I think that is a great proclamation of honesty and humility that we should all employ at different times of our lives. I don't know about you, maybe every single morning sometimes you feel, oh God, I have no idea what to do. And of course, uh, we are maybe a little reticent to say that because we don't want to admit that we don't know what to do and we don't want to admit that we need to look to God for help. But there will be times when if you're honest, there's a situation that you do not have total control over, as smart as you may be. And if we're really honest, we're going to pray that kind of prayer. And this is really encouraging because here's a man, he's got a lot of power. He is a smart guy. He's been well educated. He's been brought up well. He's used to being in control. He's got an army at his disposal. He's ruling over a very established nation. And yet now he faces a threat big enough that it overwhelms him. And he admits it and he knows he needs God. So for us, the good news there is whenever you feel overwhelmed... And it's when, not if, when you don't have the answers, when you feel frightened about the future or rattled about the report from the doctor or stressed about the bills that you've got to pay or whatever it may be, there's some real hope because we can learn from what this guy does. Let's keep reading and we can do the same. So he turns to God. We read on verse 13, it says, All the men of Judah stood before the Lord and their little ones, wives and children. The Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Jahaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaniah, son of Jael, son of Mataniah, a Levite, who was a descendant of Asaph. So the, the credibility of the man is given us for the 
original readers of this, they love that because it shows his lineage, his strength standing in the community. So he gets up and says, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Isn't that awesome? God always answers fear with don't be afraid. He'll come straight at it and give us reason to not be afraid. We may feel it, but there's something we can do about it. And he says, the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, watch this. This is, what he, this is, the, this is the plan. This is the answer. March out against them. This is a little different strategy. You can read sometimes God giving different generals of armies in the Old Testament particular military strategy to defeat the enemy. But this time, it's a little different. He says, tomorrow, march out. You'll find them coming up through the, the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jeruel. But you will not even need to fight. Take your positions. Then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshipping the Lord. And then the Levites from the clans of Kohath and Korah stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. So here's the word of God coming through a man of God against the fear there's this proclamation of faith that brings strength and brings direction for their situation. And notice, as God promises to help them, there's no condition that's placed upon Jehoshaphat or the people. Because this is grace. We often don't think of grace in the Old Testament so much. But God's saying, you don't have to qualify, you don't have to do anything in particular to earn my assistance. And speaking of not doing anything, notice that no one's even going to have to lift a finger somehow against the enemy, which has got to rattle in their head a little as they hear that. But the word from God says all they need to do is stand to be still and to watch the Lord's victory that he's going to somehow produce. And notice this classic phrase, the battle is the Lord's, not yours. So think about this. Here's Jehoshaphat and all the people called not to fight, but just to rest, just to stand, just to follow the Lord who's promising to do something miraculous on their behalf. And yet at other times, Jehoshaphat needed to rally and lead the army and get a strategy and go out and engage and physically fight the enemy. So there's a principle there for us that sometimes we're called to fight And other times we're called to wait and rest. And one teaches us about our authority of believers and the other one teaches us about our inheritance as children. And and both are true and both are applicable. So, you know, uh, when we fight in the spirit with the word of God and, and there's energy employed, you know, we're taking up the authority God's given us and and we need to do that at times. And we grow in our maturity about how to be strong in him. But then other times we're called to rest because God is basically saying, hey, I've got this one. You're my child. Just relax. Just trust me. This is part of the blessing, part of your inheritance as a son or a daughter of God. And we've got to be able to do both. Now, of course, it's a little dangerous 
for some of us when we hear talk about resting because you could just be a little tending towards being lazy and you could say, oh, I love that. I heard the preacher day to day say, just rest, just relax in the Lord. It's all cool. And so we could get a little complacent or a little bit apathetic and we don't sort of get up and, you know, pray and push in and fight for what we should. So we shouldn't be just lazy and we shouldn't be fatalistic with our faith about, oh, well, whatever it will be, will be God, you know, just whatever, you know. No, there's promises that we've got to stand on. There's some issues that we may have to fight for. But then on the other hand, although we've got to take responsibility to fight, some people have to make sure they actually stop and listen for God's direction before they get up and frantically fight for something because we might just rush ahead and we're, you know, binding the devil and getting all sweaty and fired up about something that maybe God's calling us just to leave it and trust him and it's all going to sort itself out and we're getting all agitated and stressed. So, you know, if you're a type A, go for it kind of person, then you need to think about when the Holy Spirit leads you to just take it easy. And you've got to listen, like the story of Martha and Mary, you know, uh, when they're with Jesus and Martha is running around getting everything ready because they've got, they've got visitors and Jesus is here. So come on, we've got to make the place look good and get the nice food going, you know. And she calls out to Jesus and she's expecting, and she wants Jesus to say, basically, you're right, Martha. Mary, what are you doing? You bludger, get up and help your sister. But he doesn't say that, does he? He says, Martha, Martha, you've got it wrong. I wrote the, uh, the, the scripture here. He's, Jesus says in one translation, Martha, you're worried and upset about all these details, but there's only one thing worth being concerned about. And how true. For us sometimes. And of course that one thing was just to hang out with Jesus. Just just to enjoy and embrace the moment of being with him. Of waiting on him and waiting with him. And so maybe you're that kind of person that can get distracted like Martha by all these details. And come on. What, you know, we gotta, and the tyranny of the urgent crowds out the need to just stop and sit and be still and see what is really important. And so... We've got to fight and we've got to rest and the Holy Spirit shows us which to do. So for these guys, it was clearly a word from God for this time to be obeyed, which we read on, they, they did. It says, um, verse 20, early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa and on the way, Jehoshaphat stopped. He said, listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets and you will succeed. Well, believe in the Lord and believe in his prophets and you will succeed. I think that's as good a definition of success as you'll ever come across. You know, a lot of talk about success. People in business always thinking about the right business approach and in the corporate world, you know, climbing the ladder and then you find the ladder's maybe up on the wrong wall and, you know, there's sort of, definitions and striving for believe in the Lord believe in his prophets believe in the word that God brings into your life and you'll get success I think that's pretty cool and you know interestingly the Hebrew word there for believe is the word amen which we use in English which just means so be it or I accept that or yep 
okay with just acknowledgement that that's, that's true. So he was literally saying amen to what God says. Say amen to what the word of God says. The prophet brought a word and Jehoshaphat says, amen. Everyone, you should just say amen. And sometimes we overthink it and panic. Like before, I think, you know, we're stressed and we're thinking, because there'd be a lot of people with active minds saying, did I hear right? Did he say we're going to go and do nothing? That's not in the military handbook that I learned. I don't think we're going to win this war if we don't do something. Could you just check? Did that prophet really say Jehoshaphat? Is he's got his head screwed? Is the stress getting too much? I don't know. And so all these thoughts are going through there. And God says, just say amen. Just now, not to say that you don't think and that you, you know, become a an idiot to follow the Lord and you're just a, you know, a spiritual entity without a brain. But our brain's got to, you know, fit in with God's will. And I'm always surprised and shocked to see how how proud mankind can be. You know, with scientific approach sometimes they're thinking through something and they they just don't employ the right dosage of humility sometimes you know with these smart people but they'll they'll be happy to say well we we know this but they're surmising about millions of years before or after or millions of light years out there and they have you noticed that they don't say you know we hypothesize or we suppose or we think and it's interesting also when they say we know this but they're happy to say uh 20 years ago Scientists thought this, but we now know that's not true. But now we know this is true. But 20 years ago, those guys were saying the same thing about the guys 20 years before them. So what makes you think that in 20 years' time, someone's going to say, well, you're an idiot because you thought that, but now we know that's not true. And now we know... Anyway, I'm getting a bit silly, a bit carried away. I love science. Science is good. But uh, I think we need to, you know, flow with the Lord. And here's a classic case, like I said, where you've got some people, their mind would be very challenged with what's going on. And, uh, and here's this word, amen. He's saying, believe in the Lord. Just agree with what God is saying. And, um, and of course, agreement leads to obedience. Jehoshaphat has no problem doing what God is leading them to because he's submitting, agreeing. And of course, the same applies for us today. God's looking for people who will agree with him, who will say amen to his word. Not argue with him, not just whinge and complain to him, but who simply agree with his word. Amen? Amen. So uh, then we get to the really exciting, miraculous part. This is the fulfillment of God's amazing promise. And we get to verse 21. It says, After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. And this is what they sang. (laughs) Give, I, just, I just love this story. I just think it's just so cool. Because what would you sing if they didn't have a song list and they said, what would you like to sing? They'd say, well, you don't want to hear what I'm about to sing. This is just ridiculous. Why am I here? You know, the singers are like, what is going on? We are the after party. We do the celebration music. The army goes first. The guys with the swords, the, the toughies, they, they're the macho. What, they're out there. We're back here working on our, you know, chords and sound. Um, I mean, you can be a tough guy and a musician. Scott, it's okay. You know, Scott's a motorcyclist. He's got his brace on because he busted his knee in Vietnam, hitting a dog flying over the handlebars. True. We had to get out of town before the owners of the dog found what, you know, that he had killed their dog the very first night. 
It's a true story, yes. But isn't it funny? In Australia, you say that and people go, oh, that's so sad, the poor dog. You go into the next town, there's the dog in the market for sale, for breakfast. So you don't really feel that sorry for the dog. It was a clean kill uh, and it was his own fault. It's true, the dog bolted right in front of him and Scott just went flying and, um, you know, or how did I get on that? Oh, yeah, so you can be a tough guy and a musician, all right? Like Scott, like John, you know. Um, so, but back to these guys, these musicians, they're not used to being at the front of the army. Let's face it, you wouldn't normally do that. But anyway, they're told to sing. And then it says this, verse 22, At the very moment they began to sing and give praise to God, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. After they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. So this is divine confusion against the enemy. And that is exactly what God can employ on your behalf when you follow these principles. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plunder. They found vast amounts of equipment, clothing and other valuables, more than they could carry. There was so much plunder that it took them three days just to collect it all. On the fourth day, they gathered in the Valley of Blessing, which got its name, surprisingly, that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. It's still called the Valley of Blessing today. Then all the men returned to Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat leading them. Overjoyed that the Lord had given them victory over their enemies. They marched into Jerusalem to the music of harps, lyres, trumpets, and they proceeded to the temple of the Lord. When all the surrounding kingdoms heard that the Lord himself had fought against the enemies of Israel, the fear of God came over them. So Jehoshaphat's kingdom was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every side. Who's going to take them on again after they hear that story? Jehoshaphat ruled over the land of Judah. He was 35 years old when he became king. He reigned in Jerusalem 25 years. His mother was Azubah, the daughter of Shelah. Uh, Jehoshaphat was a good king following the ways of his father, Asa. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight. So here's Jehoshaphat's shining moment. It's what he goes down into history for. And uh, of course, along with the brave singers and musos. And we, you know, we see this summary almost, this recapping of his whole life in this story where he's faced a terrible situation he felt appropriately terrified he goes to God with his fears he leads his people in a nationwide day of prayer and humbly seeks God's will he then leads the people with obedience with an amen to God's direction they then see the miracle working hand of God move through the the power of obedience and the power of worship and then he enjoys the the fruit of success of faithfulness because he sees God's name honored revered in all the surrounding kingdoms peace brought to their own kingdom and then he continues to reign for 25 years goes down in the history books as a good king but just come back to this scene again and think about the power of worship because as I said it's a great scene to imagine and there must have been just some 
shrill notes in amongst some of those singers when they were marching out, you know, closing their eyes. Oh, I love to close my eyes to worship. I love to close my eyes because I do not want to see what's in front of me. And, and uh, I just think it's a, a kind of hilarious, dramatic uh, scene to, to imagine that really did happen. Um, but they may have had question marks about what's going on, but whatever, they went out and sang. And they sang a song of faith and they proclaimed God's sovereignty over the situation. And that's the same for us, that when we praise and worship God, we are saying, God, I may not understand everything, but I'm trusting in you and I'm trusting in your love, your grace, your protection, your provision, your power, and you're going to sort it out. And so you have the opportunity to sing over your circumstances. You can whinge about them. You can keep the song that's in your heart inside and not let it out. But you can decide to let that song out. And it's a decision. Because it's easy to say, well, if things are going well, hey, I've got to skip in my step and I, you know, feel like singing. But that's not what they did. They didn't wait till the victory and then get the songs out. They were told, go and sing up front. And that's why it's a song of faith. That's why we're called to walk by faith, not by sight. Anyone can praise God when they've already seen what he's done. Anyone can be excited when they've already been blessed. The challenge of faith is to sing first, to give first, to forgive, to trust in God, to, you know, not just say, well, I'll believe it when I see it. It's like, no, I'll see it if I believe it first. And that's faith, putting it around the other way. And so we don't have to wait to see circumstances change and then praise God, we can praise God and then we will see our circumstances change. And that's exactly what these guys did. You can march out to face any enemy that comes up against you and just like these guys, you can sing and praise the Lord. Isn't that awesome? And so just think today what you may need to sing over. What are you facing that scares you? Or there may be some enemy that's looming too large for you to defeat on your own. Well, you can rest in God because the battle is the Lord's. It's not just yours. You don't have to do it all on your own. It's the Lord's, it's the Lord's sovereignty and his strength. And as we trust him and praise him, he's going to give us the victory. Amen? Well, let's pray. hope you have enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.